Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Stephen Cook, and this is a talk based on Hebrews chapter 11, where there's a great list of examples of faith from throughout the Bible. The Commonwealth Games have just finished, and it reminded me of an interview that I saw some years ago, where Jessica Ennis-Hill was doing the hula hoop challenge. Now, you may have expected me to mention the heptathlon, but this was something recorded a while ago. A person is interviewed for 60 seconds while keeping a hula hoop going. Don't ask me why. And they fire questions like bacon or sausage sandwich. Not fair to ask an athlete that, I thought. Girls night in or girls night out? And describe yourself in one word. What word do you think Jessica Ennis-Hill used to describe herself? At first she said she didn't know, and then she said, determined. And I thought, Yes, that's probably what makes an Olympic athlete more than any other single quality. You have to have the right physique and coordination, but there are probably lots of people with those. What you need more than anything else is the determination to get there. Adam Peter, who keeps winning golds in breaststroke and other events, does his press-ups right off the ground with a little clap in between each one. His fellow swimmers were saying about him that he's often the first to arrive at the pool and the last to leave. Johnny Wilkinson learned his kicking skills by staying at the training ground long after everyone had left and just kicking and kicking and kicking, ball after ball after ball. I'm talking about this because determination is allied to faith. To be determined, you have to have faith in the outcome. You have to believe that if you stick with it, if you keep going when your body is telling you to stop, if you put in the hours, the results will come. If you lose that faith, you'll give up. And that uh, reading from Hebrews 11 and the beginning of chapter 12, the writer lists the great heroes of the Old Testament and what they endured and holds them up as examples of faith in action. These were people who didn't give up because they believed in the outcome. In spite of their circumstances, which were often grim, they held on to their hope and won through. One thing that strikes me about this list is that there are an unlikely set of heroes. Take three of them. Rahab, Samson and David. Rahab, the prostitute. That's an interesting place to start. She was the one you may remember who in the book of Joshua gave shelter to the men who came to spy out the land. And she did so because she had heard of the wonders God had done for their people and believed they would be the conquerors. She asked that in return she and her family would be protected when the city fell. How did she know about the people camped on the borders? Well, because her house was a place of hospitality. Travellers would pass through and bring news with them. Rahab had heard about the people whose God had opened the Red Sea and who went before them in a pillar of cloud and of fire. And she believed. Samson. What a strange story. Here's a man with anger issues, if ever there was one, and a taste for the wrong kind of woman. A man ruled by his appetites, who nevertheless finds his way into the story as part of God's redeeming plan for the world. David has more to commend him. A fine commander and writer of poems. But he's also arranged for one of his officers to be killed because he wanted to marry his wife. Yet there is David listed as an example of faith because he had that quality of being willing to trust in God and keep going, 
he had the determination and faith in the future to see the story through. And this is typical of the Bible in the Old Testament and the New. You don't get plaster saints who are paragons of virtue. You get fallible men and women who have this uniting quality of faith to the end. So when I look through that list, I realise that you don't have to be talented or clever, or even especially good to be useful. You just have to be faithful. Surprisingly, at the end of that great list, there is a and yet. All these people, he says, in spite of all they did and all they endured, did not receive the promise that was being prepared for us, on whom the end of the ages has come. These people prepared the ground for the coming of Jesus. They had to wait for our time before the promises came to their fulfilment. So now, he says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I think he's taking a picture from the Roman games. Imagining all these competitors who have finished their race, taking their place in the stands and urging us who are still competing to do our very best. As we face the daily grind and everyday challenge, they are leaning over the balconies, urging us on. Let us throw off every weight. Have you noticed when you see the swimmers in the Olympic pool, not one of them is wearing a locker key on their wrist. It must be annoying if they get out of the pool and find someone's pinched all their stuff. But of course, everything is designed for minimum drag. Their shorts, their hat, they even shave their hair off their bodies to give them that extra one hundredth of a second, which might make all the difference between gold and silver. If you're running, you don't want to be carrying anything. You don't see Mo Farah running with a rucksack on his back with his packed lunch and a cagoule in case it rains. What are you carrying? As you seek to be useful in God's service, what is the weight that you carry that you could put down? What is the sin that clings so closely? Now only you can answer that question and I would encourage you to ask it. It's not easy because sometimes these things are our comforters, our little treats or treats that we know are bad for us, but we think, ah, what the hell. But if we're serious about being the very best we can, then like the Olympic athlete, we need to be determined. And that is only possible if we can find the faith that if we are faithful, God will be as well. Let us run with perseverance. That word again. In fact, it's a word of an, or an idea that occurs frequently in the New Testament. It's a quality that God looks for in us, the willingness to persevere. Jesus told stories about it, the unjust judge and the friend at midnight, encouraging people to keep praying and not give up. If the unjust judge gave in to the woman's nagging, or the friend got out of bed to give his neighbour some bread because he kept knocking, how much more will God, who is not unjust and doesn't go to sleep, give good things to those who persist in their asking? God is not a vending machine where you put in prayer and push a button and out comes what you want. Answers to prayer are not always immediate or obvious, sometimes for reasons we come to understand in time, sometimes for reasons that are beyond our earthly understanding. Sometimes God looks for that determination to keep asking before the answer comes. Now I have to tell you, it's a long time since I did any serious running. I know some people who love it, and I was amazed to find that the, our local running club has hundreds of members, 
But to me, running is what you do when someone is chasing you with an axe, not something you do for fun. I can remember though, that when you're running, you have to go through what people call the wall. Your body has a system designed to keep you safe, which tells you, slow down, stop or you'll die. The thing is, that warning mechanism triggers much too early. There's a huge gap between the point at which we think we're going to die if we keep going, and the point at which we actually will. If we ignore the warning and keep going, we can gradually push back the moment at which it kicks in, and we'll be able to keep going. And of course, the New Testament is fond of comparing our calling as Christians to a race. Like runners on the track, we need to keep going, even when our inner voices are telling us to stop, past the point where we want to give up. If you're a quitter, you won't be useful in the kingdom of God, because there are things to get past. People will disappoint you. Church will not always be what you want it to be. Life will throw up unexpected challenges and surprises. At those times, we need to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves down and keep going past the point of safety past the point of no return because we believe that if we are faithful God will be faithful as well looking to Jesus anyone who's done any competitive sport or indeed undertaken any major challenge will know how important it is to get in the zone it's no good thinking about whether you lock the back door or if the referee gave you a funny look you have to be totally focused on the end result for the time of that race, that performance, the world has to narrow down so that it's just you and this task in front of you. The world is full of distractions, all kinds of voices telling us that this is important and that is important. But in the end, very few things are truly important. And the essence of wisdom is being able to spot those that are. Again, it's worth asking yourself, in this race, this track that I find myself on, am I truly focused on what really matters? Or am I looking around all over the place? Because if I want to be really useful, I have to run with my eyes on the finishing tape, not the crowd. Perhaps we should try the hula hoop challenge. Chips or french fries? Cream or jam first? A day on the beach or a walk in the woods? Use one word to describe yourself. How about determined? Because just like the Olympic athlete, that is the quality that will make you truly useful in the kingdom of heaven. Determined means you're willing to throw off the things that hold you back and slow you down. Determined means that you're willing to keep going when every voice inside you is telling you to stop. Determined means that you'll be focused on the things that really matter. Determination is just one step away from faith. But actually faith is better because it puts our trust not in ourselves, but in someone greater than ourselves. An athlete has to believe they can do it. You and I have to believe that God is greater than us and God can do it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. May God bless this word to us. Amen.